It's all about mindset. I run into a lot of artists and they're not making any money. And their first thought is there's something wrong with me. I'm doing this wrong. I'm not good enough. It's not you. It's the system. If the system isn't working, change the system because you'll work just fine as long as you follow the recipe that creates profit. Quit thinking about profit as the measure of whether you're successful or not. Profit is a byproduct of running a system and running it well. We just have to tell the money what to do instead of it chasing us around and telling us what we can and can't do. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, I'm excited to be here today with my good friend, Bill Litster. So Bill is a certified profit-first professional. He's a mastery-level pumpkin plan strategist, Fix This Next advisor, who works with the one and only Mike Michalowicz, who wrote a book called Profit First. That's all about how do you set up your business so that you can't help but be profitable. And you, from personal experience, I, I can I remember the journey of before Profit First, after Profit First, and how much of an impact that book made on my life. I was about $36,000 in debt and running a very not profitable business. And I distinctly remember one of the lessons in the book because he talks about paying off your credit cards and like you having a little ceremony where you cut up the credit cards and and you like dance around and make it a moment. So I chose the song Celebrate Good Times. Like Celebrate Good Times, come on! And I danced around and I cut up the credit cards and that really helped along that journey. And so uh, I'm so excited to have Bill on here today. Bill is our uh, accountant at Modern Musician, and he's also like the number, he won the award for number one profit first accountant of the year, or if, you maybe correct me if I'm wrong on the official title, but basically you were on stage, Mike Michalowicz honored you for having that role. Profit first professional of the year. Profit first professional of the year. So cool. Uh, so cool, in fact, that... We, Bill is also, he has a background in, in music. He's a music lover, and he's also not too shabby at making music himself. In fact, together, we're going to be performing on stage at Mike McCallock's conference that's coming up here soon. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be performing a song with him. So, Bill, this was one of the longest intros that I've, that I've done on the podcast, but I feel like um, I just want to give people some context just in terms of how you know, big of an impact the Profit First methodology has had on you know, our business and how at the core it is and how you know, beneficial it's been working with you and, and with you know, Mike's methodology. So thank you so much for what you do. And I can't wait to connect with you and be able to share some of the lessons and, and strategies uh, for the artists who are here today, because I also know how big of an impact it's gonna make on their lives and their music careers. I'm happy to be here. It's good to see you. Awesome. To kick things off, maybe you could just share a quick introduction about Profit First, and I'd be curious to hear like, your journey with Profit First, like how you discovered Profit First, and also for anyone here who, they hear the name Profit First, and they're like, 
that sounds like a good thing. Sounds like I, I would like to profit <laughs> first with my music. Maybe you could share a little bit of an intro just in terms of the overview of what Profit First is all about and how it works. Okay. So I'll tell you a story how I found it, and that'll bleed into this, right? I've been in accounting, business consulting, management consulting most of my career, run companies, I own companies. But several years ago, I got involved in a franchise business that I owned. And basically, it's going along there trying to build this company. My partner calls and he says, hey, I'm not comfortable with you taking any money out of the business until we're profitable and making money. Mm. I'm like, I got eight kids. I can't. You have eight kids, Bill? I have eight kids. I can't not just <laughs> wow. not have an income. And so for a year, that, that year, I made $11,000. And it was horrible. I can tell you, one one day I went to my son, my 17-year-old son, who worked at Subway, and I'm like, I don't have money to buy milk. Can I borrow money from you? And that was that just threw me over the top. And so I said, that's never going to happen to me again. I spent more time thinking about how to get out of that business than how to make it successful, right? So I finally got out of that. And went back to consulting. And my big thing was consulting was I'm never going to let people be poor. I'm going to help them never let that happen to them. Mm. And I was working with a client, big real estate client. And he says, hey, have you ever heard of this book, Profit First? I'm like, no. He says, he sounds just like you. He says the same things that you say. I said, okay. So he gives me the book, Profit First. I put it in my backpack because I'm on the way to the airport. So I get on a plane, go to a conference, I get out of the conference, walk into the vendor area, and when you know it, there's Profit First booth at the conference. So I walk up to them, and I'm like, I have your book in my backpack. And they're like, have you read it? And I'm like, not yet, but I will. So I read it, and man, it's it just rang true with everything that I believe, everything that I think business owners need to understand dispel those myths that are out there. And I obviously grabbed a hold of it because it's been very helpful to me and my business, in my personal life, to my clients, and hopefully I've helped some other people. Profit First professionally, or hopefully I'm doing something. And I love <laughs> working with you, yeah. Michael, and your group. Awesome. Yeah. What's interesting too, Bill, is there might be two, two perspectives that we'll speak to today. The one perspective that I think everyone it's, it's true for everyone is that if you have a music business, then like you, you need to be making a profit and you need to be thinking about revenue and it's an important need. So that's something I think a lot of us can understand and resonate with is like the need to make a profit. The second thing that I think we'll probably need to speak to today is just around the idea of profit in general and also like your money mindset and mm -hmm. framing um, what it means to make a profit. Because I think for a lot of artists, there might be a little bit of a sense of being afraid of the idea of focusing too much on making money or not wanting to come across as salesy or lose touch with the art because it might feel yeah. like focusing on money is somehow yeah, at odds with that. So I, I think you're going to have a really valuable perspective on both. But I, I would love uh, to hear you describe an overview of the Profit First methodology. Um, what is it all about? With most small business owners, whether you're a musician or anything else, we are raised with this idea that if you have a business, you have sales and revenue, and you pay all your expenses. And then if there's anything left, that's your profit. And that's what you get. 
You you work your whole life to try to have these leftovers, right? That is a crazy myth because the reality is if you can't put food on your own table, you're probably not being successful in your business. So Profit First turns the formula around and it basically says, yeah, let's bring money in, but then let's take the profit out first. If we want to be 5% profitable, let's take 5% out right on the front and force the business to live on the rest instead of hoping there's 5% left because there's always something else. There is always something else that money will go to. So I liken it to if I give you $100 and I say, go to a show, go to dinner, have a great time, you would do that. But if I gave you 95, you'd still go to the show, go to dinner and have a good time. So if you can do it on 95, why do we spend 100? Because we have 100, we spend it unless we take it out first. So the idea of profit first is take that out first, pay yourself first. Don't be the lowest paid person in the world, get paid what you're worth, make the business function on what's left after the most important person gets paid, which is you. So that's the premise. It's a cash flow management system, and that's really what it is. It's a system. It's a recipe. You follow the system, you can be profitable day one, right? And we can build that profitability from there. Make sure all your taxes are covered. Make sure all your emergency funds are in place. All those types of things will just happen if you follow this simple system. And it really is quite simple once you get it put in place. Mm -hmm. So, Love it. And there is something powerful about that idea of setting up your environment in a way that what you want to have happen just happens on its own. Like it doesn't require any extra willpower or effort. The easiest path is that it just, it happens on its own. And, it's, and it seems like part of the magic of it is that it's all about that. It's about setting it up the system yeah. so that you can't help but be profitable because it's the very first thing you do is you take out 5% or 10% and pay yourself first before saying this is what's left over for expenses. And it, um, it is, it's all about mindset. And you mentioned that before. Mm -hmm. But you have to get yourself in a place where, for example, I run into a lot of artists and small business owners, and they're not making any money. And their first thought is, there's something wrong with me. I'm doing this wrong. I'm not good enough. I, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I think every artist has said that. I don't know how many times, right? But you have to first mindset changes. It's not you. It's the system. If the system isn't working, change the system, right? Because you'll work just fine as long as you follow the recipe that creates profit. And that's what we do. We teach people, quit thinking about profit as the end result, a profit as the measure of whether you're successful or not. Profit is a byproduct of running a system and running it well and sticking to the recipe. You bake a cake, you put the ingredients in, you follow it, it works, right? Mm. Same holds true with money. We just have to tell the money what to do instead of it chasing us around and telling us what we can and can't do. So mm. it's a different way so of looking good. at it. Yep. Yep. I love it. It's great too. When I first started implementing Profit First in my own life, you know, both for my personal life and, and for my business, some of the stuff that I really wanted to be automatic, like some of the account 
like automatically moving money to like different mm-hmm. accounts based on those percentages. Now there's tools that that are even dialed in to make that happen, like Relay. So it's really so it's really cool. Maybe we could talk to you a little bit more. We could dive deeper into that idea of you described one of the pieces that makes profit first work. One of the reasons that it holds back most people from never making a profit or actually losing a lot of money is that we tend to, if we pay profit last, there tends to not be any because we end up spending all of the amount that like we have available to us. Yeah, I've, I've heard this described as Parkinson's law, that it's like, almost like water, it fills a container. Whatever container you put it in, water is going to adapt to fill that container. And it right. seems like there's something similar that kind of happens with, if you have, like you said, $100, then that's the container. And if you know that you have it, then you're probably going to you know, spend that. Yeah. Could you go a little bit deeper into that, that specific idea sure. around like Parkinson's law and- Parkinson's and law. The, yeah. It's another way to explain that is if you get an assignment and you have two weeks to complete it, it will take you two weeks. But if they say it's due tomorrow morning, somehow you find a way to get it done tomorrow morning, right? Mm-hmm. Our use of a resource directly seems to correlate with our availability of the resource. We have two weeks, we take two weeks. If we have $100, we spend $100. With Parkinson's law, what we're saying is let's limit our available resource. So if we're going to say, I'm only going to live on 99 out of $100 or 95 out of $100, let's take that $5, put it somewhere else, put it in another bank where we can't see it out of sight, out of mind. And then we only see 95, so that's all we spend, and we figure out how to live on that. The 401k, greatest savings plan, most successful ever made. Whether you like them or not, doesn't matter. And the reason it's successful is they take it out of your check before you ever see it, and they make it extremely painful to ever get to that money. 10% penalty, or it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But nobody ever came home with their paycheck and said, Hey, honey, here's my paycheck. And those guys took another 500 out for a 401k. They don't do that. They go, here's my check. It's 4,500. Let's put the budget together. Mm. They never think about that other 500 because it got reserved somewhere else. Parkinson's law. We work with the resources we have available. Profit first, we allocate money into different envelopes, different buckets and we only run the business off the bucket for operating the business, right? The envelope system, if you do that personal life and you have your grocery envelope and you have your rent envelope, when you go to the grocery store, you only take the grocery envelope. That way you never overspend, right? And some weeks you eat good and some weeks you don't, but you work with that envelope. Profit first, we put a system in place that forces us get the business in line with the resources that we have, but we've already reserved profit and paying ourselves and covering our taxes before we get to that pool. It's not one big pie anymore. We deal with the piece that relates to the operation of the business. Makes all the difference in the world. So good. So one thing, we're talking about accounting here. We're talking about numbers and accounting. Hopefully this will come across as we describe it, but I would love to hear you talk a little bit about and maybe it would help people grasp the system a little bit more, just understanding the different buckets you're talking about and those different categories. And 
for a lot of people, part of the journey for them is understanding that their music is actually a business and that to operate a business that you have these different these types of accounts that you might want to consider. So I think this can be really helpful for people um, to really start to understand some of the ins and outs of establishing their music as a real business. So could you share a little bit about those different categories and how the yeah. profit first system works with those? I will. And I love what you said about numbers on this is accounting and people get freaked out with numbers. One thing I've learned, I don't see numbers as numbers anymore. I see it as a story. Numbers tell a story. And if I understand the story, I can change the ending. And that's what this is about, right? So in the profit first world, what we do is instead of having one giant bank account and money, all the money goes in there and all the money comes out and we hope there's enough left for whatever bill is coming up, right? What we do is we set up five different bank accounts, okay? One of those accounts is called income. Every deposit we get for revenue, everything we earn gets deposited in that income account. That's all it does is it holds all of our income, okay? And then we have a set schedule, whether it's once a week, twice a month, we come up with a great schedule for that. And on that day, we allocate money into the other four accounts. And those other four accounts are profit because profit is first, right? <laughs> And we put some percentage of that income into profit right off the bat before we do anything else. That's mindset as well, right? So we put 1%, 5%, whatever it is where we're at in that system. Second account, it's called owner's compensation, okay? For me, that was the money to buy milk that I didn't have. If you want to focus on your music, you want to focus on the art, you want to focus on your business, you got to not worry about where your next meal is coming from. Owner's compensations right after profit. We put some percentage in there to make sure your basic life needs are met. Third account is taxes. Government seems to think they have to get part of your money. Okay. <laughs> and there's nothing worse than getting the end of the year, you get your taxes done and your accountant says, oh, look, you did great. You only owe $15,000. And you're like, I don't have $15,000. And you're borrowing money to pay your taxes. In the profit first model, we're going to already allocate some percentage of that revenue into a tax account that we keep out of our way so that when those taxes come due, it's already taken care of. Don't have to worry about it. And then that last account, that fifth account, is OPEX, operating expenses. So after profit after the owner gets paid you and after you're set aside so you don't get burned by the irs you have amount of money left this is where parkinson's plan kicks in right because that is your world instead of looking at one big account you're gonna look at that opex account that's what you run your business on okay you need some supply comes out of that opex account whatever percentage that is and for a lot of businesses that's your biggest percentage but it's not 100% of everything anymore. You already took care of the important things first. So that's the way it works. One account for income and then four others. Profit, owner's comp, tax, and OPEX. Each performing their function in a system 
like Michael said, you can automate it. The money will come in and automatically get put into those accounts if you're using Relay, which I totally recommend. It's an awesome system. Okay. And then when you do what most people do and you log in the bank and say, what do we got? You're looking at the OPEX account and you start running as if that's all your money because reality, it is. That's what you have to operate on. And you can eat. And eventually you can go to the Bahamas because your profit builds up and you get a reward, which is also the best part of profit first, right? So that every quarter you as the owner get a bonus of a good chunk of what you've reserved in that profit account. You took the risk, you get the reward. That's what it should be in business. Right? Is that good? So good. Yeah. Hopefully the people who are here right now are able to grasp how much of a fundamental shift it is setting up the system because from day one, yeah, as soon as you like set it up, like it just, you can't help but be profitable. If it's 1% right. or 5%. You're amazed how fast 1% builds. Absolutely. And so another topic, I feel like there's a few different directions we could go here. Also, I should mention with the live audience, if you guys have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. If you put a comment in the chat, we're going to be doing some Q&A at the end. So definitely, I'd love to hear from you throughout the throughout the live interview. So let me know if you guys are still with us. Give me a yeah in the chat. And again, if you don't see it, it's in the top right. There's a little chat button you can click on and you should be able to come on here. <laughs> Jared points out he sees your guitars, Bill. Yeah. Look, yeah. That's my look one of them's that. a banjo, actually. Ah, look at that. <laughs> CRD, Scott. Oh, yeah. Drop questions in the chat for Bill and Michael. Sweet. All right. Another question I wanted to ask is around debt and paying off debt. I know for me personally, when I was starting the business, I invested a lot of money into really into good things for the business, like coaching, mentorship. So we wouldn't be here now if I hadn't invested early on, but it was a big weight on my shoulder. I remember feeling I was about to be a dad and I was at all this debt and it was a big challenge. And so one of the biggest benefits I got from the Profit First book was just around the mindset around debt management and how to pay off debt. So I'm curious to hear your perspective on in the profit first methodology as it relates to debt and paying off debt. Okay. If the first myth we got to dispel is that owners pay is the leftovers, the profit is leftover. The second one is you got to spend money to make money. So go out and borrow money and it'll automatically make you money. Mm. Not really true, right? But most people end up getting into some debt especially when they start into a business. So some of the processes we do to help with it, and, and if we have time, Michael, we could talk about the three kinds of debt because there are different kinds, all right? And not all of it is bad. But when we have debt, rule number one in the Profit First system is stop. No new debt. We just say, we're going to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not borrowing anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out from under this get it off my back, and I'm going to grow responsibly. Going to grow responsibly from that point on. And so we stop that first of all, okay? And then we implement a strategy 
to get out of debt. And there are a couple of ways we do that. One is standard Dave Ramsey debt snowball, right? We attack the smallest one first. When we get done with that one, we take that payment and apply it to the next one. So we're paying extra on that one. When we're done with that one, we keep doing that till we're done. Okay. Perfect. Excellent. Second thing we may do though, is we might actually open up, we talked about five bank accounts. We might open up a sixth. I have a number of clients that do this. We call it the debt killer. Yep. And they debt just destroyer. Start, That's what I called mine. The debt, debt destroyer. destroyer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what we do is we, we're putting 1% in profit. We're putting some in all of these things. We'll just put one or 2% or whatever we can into the debt killer. And we just add that on top of our payment we're already making. That money's coming out of your OPEX account one way or another. You're going to pay that debt. We might as well get rid of it faster. And the best way to do that is to allocate that funds. Let it go automatically into account that's just going to hit that debt hard. When we get to our quarterly bonus that we talked about, we generally have people take a good chunk of their bonus and pay down the debt. We keep some to celebrate. You got it. You got to celebrate, right? But we will learn to get more joy out of saving than spending. And you get more joy jumping around cutting up credit cards than you ever will writing a check to pay the credit card bill. It's just a fact, right? And so, yeah, so we're going to we're gonna get joy out of sending that money, getting that debt down, knocking it down, and not letting it get us again, right? I mean, I have one client right now. If he didn't have his debt, he'd have $30,000 more a month. That's what he's spending in debt service. What can you do with $30,000 a month? All locked, right? And so we're making a plan, you know, getting get him out of debt. So... Whether it's $1,000, $30,000, $100,000, strategy to get out, and then you work the plan. My mentor used to say, plan the work, work the plan. That's what we do, right? <laughs> and uh, the beautiful thing is once the debt is gone, freedom, man, not just emotionally off your back, but you have resources you didn't have before. And this is where it gets fun because now instead of debt destroyer, we can turn that into new amplifier, new whatever. And we just start setting money in there. And instead of going to debt, we're now building up money to buy those things that we want. And we have a strategy and a plan for how we're going to do it. Right. And we're in control. One quick thing on mine. This is the end of the quarter, right? So I just did my profit bonus. And what I try to do is I don't like car debt, right? So instead of making a car payment, I have a vehicle bank account. And I make a car payment, but I put it into that money market account so that after three or four years of making that payment, I have enough for a new car or whatever. And that works really well. So my last thing, I just, we had a car die. I didn't have quite enough in there. My profit bonus was enough. I don't have any car debt. It's gone. And I can't even tell you the freedom that gives to not have debt hanging over you. All right. Mm. Strategy. It's all good. Awesome. Yeah. I love this. One thing that I feel like is so powerful about the profit first methodology is also how it's not necessarily just like a, a business principle for how you manage your business, but also you can apply so many of the same lessons to your personal income. 
and you can think about it really it seems like a way to programmatically live below your means so that yeah, so that you, you don't have to ever feel like you're tight or you're like essentially like it builds in the bandwidth and yeah and then from there you have like you're saying so much more freedom to be able to stretch in the opposite direction yeah if you were to look at my bank i have 15 accounts my personal right and that's because what always gets us the unexpected Mm. the broken arm the what and he's like how am i going to come up with the deductible now that i got to do and so i set up a medical account so instead of getting hit by bills when they come in i already put a certain percentage into that account when the medical bill comes out of nowhere it doesn't have to come out of my normal pay i already have it mm-hmm. i love to travel i already know i'm going to spend three four thousand a year if i can go to europe do something right since i already know that i'll i have an account and i just put money in there and when it's enough for me and my wife to go do something cool that's when we do it because we reserve for that but i have those for everything emergencies that gonna buy a car that's another one this strategy works right not only does it work for savings retirements another one we can start building out but it is a strategy a formula and a system if you implement it it sounds cliche but the goals and dreams you had when you got into business or doing what you're doing or playing your music the goals and dreams of your life they will come about because you proactively did something to enable that app, right? We can't wait around for there to be enough profit left at the end of the month. It doesn't happen. Sometimes it happens, but not everybody is superstar, right? That's okay. We can make a living and do what we want to do and achieve our goals. And that's why I'm in the business I'm in, right? One, I love helping people do that. If I can help musicians and music people do it and play songs with them, man, it's living the dream. It really is. Any of you guys want to play a song, jam, and save money, I'm your guy. So awesome. All right. Hey, Bill, we've got some folks here who are asking some questions in the chat. How about we move on to our Q&A? If you have any questions, this is the time where you can raise your hand. We can start with a question from Scott Landis. So Scott asked, is there a minimum level of income needed to set all this up? What if revenue is more or less like a roller coaster? Some months are good, some are not so good, and the revenue is going up and down. How does Profit First play into that? That is a great question, Scott. And as far as the minimum, I will tell you this, the best time to start it is in the beginning when you have nothing, because then you develop that habit right away. I'm speaking in Israel actually in two weeks about profit as a habit. And Mm. that's the same thing. If you start right away, putting a little bit of every dollar into a profit account, you're going to be way better off than trying to retrofit it later on. Mm. So that's the answer you want. There's no minimum amount. Okay. And um, as far as the up and down thing, that's the artist's life, right? But it's also the life of seasonal businesses. They have the same thing. The lawnmower company sells more lawnmowers in the summer than they do in the winter. So we have strategies for that in Profit First. And one of those is, just briefly, is we'll set up an account 
and we call it we can call it our seasonal account or our timing adjustment account, whatever it is, right? And and we know what our what we need to live on, right? We know what we got to feed ourselves with. So we take that on months where we have more than that number, instead of just saying, oh, I got extra, I'm going to go buy this, we put that money into this seasonal hold account so that when we have a short month later on, we can just pull some of that back and even out our cash flow in our personal life. Makes all the difference in the world, okay? Because the main point is, as long as we have enough in a year, it's just a matter of putting it in the right time zones to meet our needs, right? Instead of having the hills and the valleys, we even that out. We have whole strategies around that. And one short thing there, I had a client that actually was in the lawn tractor business, still is. He, one month, he was like, oh, it's a great month. And I said, what are you going to do if next month you're 20000 lower? And he said, yeah, he's bragging about it. He said, we always figure it out. We'll figure out a way to, to survive. And I just said, if you can survive on 20000 less next month, why are you not living on $20,000 less this month and putting 20000 in your pocket? He said, oh, my gosh, I never even thought about it. <laughs> it's a strategy. But there's a seasonal plan. We can work through that with people. Mm. Super smart. Yeah, you know, what kind of reminds me of is it seems like one of the cornerstones of the strategy is around out of sight, out of mind. And like you said, resource allocation. And just as a thought experiment, just bringing that down where it's like if you had half of that, would you still survive? Could you still do it? Obviously, uh, Elon Musk is a controversial figure. Not everyone likes Elon or agrees with everything he does. But the example of him purchasing Twitter and then essentially cutting down on a bazillion uh, expenses is a good example of everyone, yeah. oh, it's going to die, it's going to break, it's not going to work anymore. And now not only is it working, but they have you know, higher monthly active users than ever before. The business is doing better than ever before, yeah. and they have a fraction of the expenses they used to have. But the, the other thing that it reminds me of is in our house, all of our snacks and our sweets, I know that if we just had them out in the open, they would get eaten. If we yeah. had like puppy chow and, and M&Ms and stuff, which we have, but if they were just like out in the open, they would get eaten. And I know that because I've been there. <laughs> like I, I'll eat those M&Ms. But we on Amazon, we got these lock boxes that you can stash away your goodies and your sweets. And technically it's still possible to get them, but it's just like a few extra steps where I have to unlock it and I have to try to remember what the code was and have the code oh. like hidden. And that's made a huge impact in terms of, I very rarely will I, I don't have the same issue of binging on sweets or snacks because they're not as accessible. and. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that strategy around profit first and money and how, how does someone set it up so that a portion of those funds isn't accessible, but in an emergency situation, they'd be able yeah. to take care of themselves. Yeah. And maybe that can go into the, the quarterly dispersal a little bit. We could talk about that bonus structure. Yeah. So one thing that most people do, not just business owners, most people do this, right? You worried about money? What do you do? You log in, pull up your bank account, see how much money you've got there, right? 
So one of the key principles of Profit First is that we set up an, a, two accounts, Profit and Tax, in another bank that's not the same bank. So when we log in to see our money, we're not seeing that money. Because if we see it, we're like, oh, I could just borrow that. But it's not there when you log in, number one. Okay, And then we try to make it so it's not easy. That other bank, we tell the other bank, before you let me take this money out of here, we have to have two signatures on it. And I actually have to come into the bank or whatever it is. You come up with some system, just like your lockbox, right? I have to go through these two or three or four hoops before I can get to it. Okay. And it's not that you can't get to it, but as human beings, hopefully by the second or third hurdle we have to go over, we've had enough time to think through, is this really the smart thing to do? Or is there another way? Innovation is something that's totally gotten lost in today's society. We tend to grab the easiest, lowest hanging thing. But if it's harder to get to money, we tend to innovate and figure out another way, another way to make payroll, another way to get whatever it is we're trying to get. So that's the whole thing. Keep that out of sight, out of mind, not easy to get to, but you can when you need to, or at the end of a quarter. So the end of the quarter, we do two things. One, we might make estimated tax payments if we need to, and that'll come out of that tax account money that's over there. And two, You've been working like a slave to make this business work. It's time for your reward. You took the time. You disciplined yourself to put that money profit first, hold into that other bank. Half of that money is coming out to you as a bonus. In addition to all the money you got all along the way and your owner's compensation, it's meant to be extra. It's meant to be the weekend away with your spouse. It's meant to be the dinner at a nice place that you wouldn't normally go to, right? That reward. Getting out from under the personal debt, that's a reward. And so it grows over there. And, you know, when you've taken a couple of bonuses out of there, you figure out you don't want to mess with that profit account. You leave it alone because that's a good day, right, when you pull that bonus. Your employees yeah. get bonuses. Why shouldn't you? Yeah, that's there's something so uh, powerful about creating. There's a specific term for this. I don't remember what it is, but it's basically creating moments or experiences or things that uh, take you out of your normal day to day habits and in sort of your routines. Every once in a while, you do it strategically, and you maybe it's called horizon experiences, like creating horizon experiences. And it seems like one of the benefits for, for me that I've experienced from having the, the quarterly dispersal is that quarterly dispersal, it, like you're des describing, it really feels like it's something extra or it comes out on top. You get used to the other income that's paid out regularly. And that's what you plan your budget around. That's what you plan your normal day-to-day -day life around. And so when you have that extra quarterly dispersal that comes out, it really feels like it's something extra or on top and then you're able to create those horizon experiences yep. and yeah it's awesome risk reward man you got to have the reward not just the risk mm. so another good question i'd love to get your perspective on bill is 
Yeah, you've been doing this for a while now, and you've had a lot of experience working with different businesses and different types of businesses and seeing them implement Profit First. You've probably seen the ones that have successfully implemented it. You've seen the ones that have you know, struggled yeah. or have made mistakes, and there's probably a lot of the same mistakes that um, are common reoccurring themes. So I'm curious, what are some of the biggest the biggest risks or the biggest mistakes or the things that um, we want to make sure that we avoid on the path to implementing Profit First? Okay. The pitfalls. The pitfalls to avoid. There are a few. I'll give you the two biggest one, and if we have time, we can talk about some others. But probably the number one biggest problem, which I won't even work with people anymore if I find they think this, because it never works. Mm -hmm. And that is, they say, why do I need to open up bank accounts? I can just keep track of it on a spreadsheet. And I can say this much is going here and I won't spend it. I'll only spend the amount I put on my spreadsheet in this category. Mm. doesn't work, right? There is some magic in the actual putting it into a bucket and putting that bucket behind a wall where you can't get it, right? That's the magic, the secret sauce that, that makes it work, okay? So, yeah, follow the system, open the accounts. That's the biggest thing. Second thing I would say is people start too aggressively. Mm. In other words, you might be, you might look, if you read the profit first book, it'll say, yeah, a really healthy company of your size should have 10% profit. And then you go, all right, I'm just going to be 10%. I'm going to allocate 10%. But if you're minus 5% today, you don't become 10% profitable just because you wrote down on a piece of paper. Now I'm 10% profitable. So we want to create success. And so we'll basically usually start people at, start at 1%, right? And then when you get comfortable and you're seeing the success of that, then we'll bump it to two, to three, to five, and we'll work our way up. Okay. So bite enough more you can chew right away. And then when it doesn't work, you think the system doesn't work. It's not the system doesn't work. It's just you tried to play for an NFL team when you're in Little League. You're saying if I set my profit at 95% today, I, then I'm not going to... It won't I'm not just happen that just, way. Okay. <sighs> Sorry to say, it just won't happen that way. Okay. Third one real quick is the stealing from yourself. One of the main points of profit first is if there's not enough in your OPEX account, it's time to make a change. Mm -hmm. Cut your expenses, figure out a way to get more revenue. Don't just go borrow more money from yourself or somebody else because you're not changing your world. You're just postponing the downfall. And so most people make a mistake or two and borrow a little bit first time, but we work past that and stay with a course. It does work. You've got to trust the system. So... Super what else we got? Yeah, absolutely. So let's keep on going back to our audience here and see if we have any other questions from folks here in the chat. I would love to actually, if someone wanted to raise their hand and bring you on here on the stage, that would be especially awesome. So let me know in the chat if you're brave enough to actually come on here and ask a question. That would be awesome. And just like that, I see a hand raised, Peter Wilson. What's up, Peter? Let's bring you on here live. All right, so I just invited you to speak. So you should see something on your screen that lets you actually come on here and ask a question. Hey, Peter. Hi, Michael. I always enjoy these things, and I'm finally uh, beginning to wrap my brain around Discord. It's appropriately named, I think. 
Anyway, I have I wear a lot of hats, and so I'm not sure which business I would be talking about at any given point. I am a musician, and I've always done that, but I've also been a concert promoter and a booking agent, and I have rental houses. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around what's doing well and what's not doing so great uh -huh. at any given moment. Good. That's a great thought. Is there a way to parse things so that, how would you do that in QuickBooks? That's what I guess oh, I'm running down. You are speaking my language now. First of all, Peter, I will tell you, I work with a lot of musicians, but I will tell you what, most of them are like Michael, right? You're a musician, but you also have this other business and you also have this other business because, right. and a lot of times they're business related. I work with the bass player for John Mellencamp but we don't, I go to Mellencamp with him, go backstage, it's cool. But when we work business, we're working with his music school that he runs. So right. other businesses, this is all good. It's all one package in your life. And so what we would do in QuickBooks is we can set it up to track, we call them business lines, right? We'll have each business line tracked separately. So when revenue comes in from this line in QuickBooks, we can use a class is what it's called. And we can class that money as real estate. We class this money as concert promotion. We class this money as uh, performance revenue, right? And then we, we track the expenses in line with those. So then I should be able to run a report that says, what's my profit and loss from real estate? What's my profit and loss from concert promotion? And we set people up with that all the time. Right. So it's setting people up. I'm, I'm a little curious about should someone become a, a client of yours? What happens then? So, okay for me to talk about that, Michael? Of course. <laughs> of course. The way I usually work with people is we usually do a, a free evaluation where we go and get to know them, figure out what it is they got going on, how they're currently tracking, and what they want it to do, what, the, what they would like to see. Right. And then usually I can tack on and say, wouldn't it be also good if you did this? Because there's a lot of people just don't know what they don't know. And once we define that, then we work out a, a, a plan on how to get them from where they are now to that. Right. And sometimes that's training and educating them how to do it themselves. Sometimes it's training them and educating them. And then we do part of it and they do part of it. And sometimes it's we educate them and we do it because they say, I'm going to go out and play my music. You just keep track of it for me. And that's okay, too. And at some point, we play tunes. Yes. Every time we have a meeting with Modern Musician and Bill, there's always tunes that end up being played. There always. My, Michael has written some great music, and he's helped me with some of the stuff. That... Oh, he's Bill, the man with the band. <laughs> that was the first song. The first song I'm going to go get my guitar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Peter, thank you for coming on here live okay. and ask a question. Yeah. All right. All right, beautiful. You always need someone brave, someone like Peter who's going to come yeah. on live and be the first person to ask a question and work through the technical difficulties that almost always happen the first time you do anything. So shout out to Peter, virtual round of applause. I would normally do a sound effect for a round of applause, but for some reason that one went missing. So now all I have is, oh, <laughs> how cute. <laughs> Scott asked a question, he asked, is it possible to use Relay for personal accounts as well? Or is it just business? It's, it is built for businesses, 
but there's no reason in the world you couldn't sign up with your social security number and say your business is your name because it is life is business but yeah absolutely you can but it is geared towards businesses Yep. And Scott, I also, I, I use Relay for both. Yeah, technically Relay is a business bank, but they're just the best bank that I've ever used. They're awesome. I've used a lot of banks and yeah, they're, they are the easiest and the best and in line with money management. That's what we're about. The thing that's so amazing about Relay is that they, they can, I, I wanted this for so long and I was, I looked everywhere on all the banks, like, and they didn't have the ability to do this, but Relay was the first one. I was like, yes. They let you automatically set those percentages from profit first and then immediately without you even having to touch it or do it it'll based on the percentage that you set it'll move the money from your income account for you so it's just another you know way to totally automate this to happen so that you don't have to think about it you don't have to manually move the money that was one thing i had never seen with another bank yeah. uh, but relay is just so easy yep and you can also automate it like if you have a business you can automate it to pay you out of your owner's comp account into your personal account at whatever interval you want. You can build this thing all the way down to whatever level you want. And all you do is make sure the money goes in and it does it all. It's beautiful. Pretty dang cool. All right. I think we're about time to wrap up for today. But Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and share some of the lessons that you've learned and really the profit first methodology and the fundamentals, the lifestyle, the system that kind of goes with it. Truly, I think it's probably one of the most valuable frameworks that I've ever learned. The book is definitely in the top three for me of like life impacting books. Thank you for being a part of that and sharing that message and being such a amazing part of Modern Musician as well. For anyone that's here right now who is interested in connecting more or they hear, heard about the free consultation and they're like, that sounds awesome. I would like to set up these systems. I would like to be able to profit first. Where can they go to, to connect more and dive deeper? You go to my website is betterbizinfo.com. And right there on the front page is a button to schedule a free call. You can do that. I also have once or twice a month, I do some free workshops where we go into a little more detail and what Profit First is about. So you're welcome to sign up for one of those as well. But I'd love to talk to any of you. I'll block some time with you. And learn. I love to learn about what you're doing and your art in your business and everything so it's fun awesome betterbizinfo.com <laughs> betterbizinfo.com and betterbiz is like b-i-z right b-i-z yeah betterbizinfo.com and i can say bill you're someone who takes the world of accounting which i think a lot of people traditionally think of accounting as not necessarily being like a super fun entertaining thing I love our sessions. I always have so much oh, fun. Yeah. And it's always like music is at the core of it as well. And you're a music lover yourself. Yep. Just from a personal standpoint, I, I couldn't recommend Bill higher for anyone that is looking for the, uh, someone that can help in this specific area. And like always, we'll put all the, the links in the show notes for easy access. And Bill, thank you again for taking the time to be here today. Thank you, Michael. Been fun. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.